It's the Video Entrepreneur Podcast, the number one podcast for video businesses. And here he is, your host, PJ Tyne. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited to be here today with a special guest, someone I really respect and adore and have known to really learn to know more in the last few years. And he's offered me a lot of advice. His name is Daryl Eves. Daryl, welcome. Hey, PJ. I'm super excited to be here on this podcast. Really excited to talk. What I love is just YouTube and video. So great, grateful to be here. Awesome. Absolutely. Daryl, you actually saw potential in Uscreen very early on. Like, I mean, Uscreen is about six and a half years old. Three years in, we never had doubts about what we do. We pushed through. We saw the light at the end of the tunnel. But from a YouTuber, you're a YouTuber, you're a creator, very talented marketer. You saw a lot of potential in Uscreen as a platform and you really believe in a few things that I'll focus on today, like owning your platform, really having a YouTube presence long-term, uh, the personal brand, a lot of things that I've learned to also appreciate and move forward myself in, especially with challenges of creating video myself, my personal brand. I've never been someone to be out there with or just putting my face out there, but you've done a really good job by pushing through on YouTube, sharing. You're so good at sharing your knowledge, and I love that, and I've learned that from you. Uh, so it's really a pleasure to be here today and ask you your advice about the industry, YouTube, tips, and all that good stuff. So again, thank you for joining today. Yeah, it's for really sure. a pleasure. Awesome. So let's jump in, Daryl. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your advice on YouTube, especially with what's happened to YouTube in the last two years. There's so many more creators coming. Obviously, YouTube as a platform has some changes. And where do you think things are going from a YouTube perspective? And not so much in relation to content banning and all those little niche case scenarios, but in general, as, as a platform, YouTube is, I wouldn't say, I don't know, maybe you say it's getting crowded, but it definitely there's more creators, but a lot of creators are just, there's so many hitting the million mark of followers and so forth. What's your take on YouTube in the next few years? Yeah, I think to give a little context and the reason why what I'm going to say and the way that I'm going to say it is so important is because I've been on the platform since 2005. I was an early adopter. I saw as an opportunity to put videos on YouTube, or I'm sorry, YouTube videos on websites and embed them. And it's transformed my business. I've been working from day one when YouTube went out and found a way to do it. Now, where I've made my bread and butter is to anticipate where YouTube is going and also where the industry's going and where the world's going. And so, you know, based off of some of the consultations I do and some of the private work that I've done with some of the biggest brands and YouTube creators on the planet, it's really anticipating where things are headed. You said earlier on, I was an early adopter of your technology of what you're actually doing. And the reason why is because where everything's going and we're starting to see that more so this year than ever before is where people want to own their own audience and they start to break, uh, break off and segment it out in an OTT fashion behind a paywall and really owning your, your content that's there. And you're starting to see that with HBO Max. You're starting to see that outside of Netflix of all these different services that are popping up and charging a subscription service for the content that they actually own. 
And I think that that's going to continue to go. And it's also going to reach a point where people want different type of content than what they're actually offering. And that's where, you know, your company and your services are very interesting and appealing because I believe that on that level is where people are going to start congregating. They're not going to spend their 19 bucks on HBO or Amazon. They might do that in addition to some micro content that they actually love because that's where their time is being spent. And so for me, I see YouTube entering a new space of really starting to leverage their membership because they see that as the memberships of what Patreon and other things that are going from there, they're starting to shift towards that. I see the next two years, they're really aggressively going after that. They're also going to be aggressively going after short form content. And uh, they're really afraid of TikTok, which they should be because all pretty much Generation Z is spending more time and more of their minutes watched on TikTok than they are on YouTube. That is a concern. So they'll be really combating that as aggressively as they can. The problem of it is the creator. And this is like, what does the creator do? Where are they going to go and what they're going to do? I look at creators that want to make money. There's not very many alternatives out there. Yes, you can make money on Facebook. Yes, they're starting to introduce money on Instagram. Yes, there's a creator fund on TikTok. But nothing's like YouTube unless you own your own audience, unless you can start funneling it out. Because realistically, the creators that understand the scalability metrics, which is, you know, if you had a thousand people of your super fans paying you a thousand dollars a year, that's a million dollars. Like there's no revenue split. There's no, you know, things that you need to do. You just got to have an active fan base. And so I think creators are getting more astute. I think they're really looking at opportunities to go off of YouTube so they can own their own data. They can communicate with their clients. They don't have to worry about notification misfires or people not seeing their next upload, but it's really honing in on that micro audience, that core core is what I like to call it, of the people that are actually engaged. That's kind of where I see YouTube going in the next next few years. Interesting. So that's really good info as far as, you know, the channel memberships, it came out a while ago. I think they lowered the barrier now. I think it's only a thousand subscribers. So you yep. can easily do that. It's obviously not as clean and crisp as you know, the level of content and the way you organize it, but it's still- They they will, they'll they'll get there. YouTube always does this. They always do what they call a tone the water beta test to see if it's even viable. And they've used some content creators to case study. But the problem with this, and this is what I, I was on with YouTube actually last week about this, there's a hurdle. Giving them freaking 30% of the revenue that they didn't earn is harsh. Now, 10%, I 100% agree with that right? You're providing the technology. That's great. That's like on the top end, but they want 30% and that's hard for creators to give up. And you might, they say, oh, that's better than the split they get from ad revenue. Well, ad revenue, they're going out and finding the advertisers, right? They're bringing it onto your videos. I get that. But if they're not doing that and it's your own audience, like I don't see how they can merit the 30% that they're taking. I just, I just, it just baffles me. And so creators are looking for other options out there. And there's a lot of technologies that are coming like yours that gives them, hey, just do a transaction. And it's like, do what you want. You know, we make money in a different way. And I think that's the big thing. And two, and, and this is where I think you guys are smart, is like making it super easy for creators to collect money. Like I know that you're getting ready to introduce, if you haven't already introduced your payments, that's a great option because it's like, hey, we're just taking a small little percentage, but it's a great option because you're not taking what the hard work creator is doing, which is building the audience and then creating the content to resonate with them. It's just like a transactional fee that's just minimal. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. 30%, Daryl, that's a big deal. <laughs> you know. I, I, I told him it's a deal breaker for me because like, I don't know why, like just because you make it available, I just don't see where it's even feasible. You know, if you're building that audience, it should be more lucrative. And if you want to encourage it, you need to give better incentives. And that's just, that's harsh. It's hard to, hard to swallow. That is. Okay. So Daryl, tell us about some tips on YouTube. What would be the five tips you would give someone on YouTube with a small audience, let's say 10,000, 50,000 subscribers, as well as someone generally pretty new? So I would probably give tips a little bit different based off of, you know, who's listening. And I think the biggest thing is you got to define what you want YouTube to be for you. If you want it as the top of the funnel traffic source coming into your lead gen system or a sales system that you have for your business, use it as that and treat it as that. So it'd be really heavily searched because YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. Google's the number one. They're owned by the same company. Alphabet. So it just makes sense that you could go after that. I know today I received, you know, just this morning, you know, almost over 400 new emails coming into my list. And I do that every day. It's just, it's just coming in consistently. And these are off of old videos that people are still finding even years after I uploaded them. And so I'd like look at the approach of what you want to do. And then the second big advice would be understanding the audience. And you and I have discussed this a lot, especially about two years ago of really understanding who your audience is and what they're looking for. And I know the direction that you're taking your company has changed quite a bit because now you're understanding who actually is using your technology and your services and uh, you're able to double down and really speak to them where it's more appealing to go there. That's the same thing that everyone needs to do on YouTube is like understand who you want and try to understand and anticipate, you know, the benefits problems that they'd be facing, some solutions that you could offer. That's what you need to do when you're creating your plan. And it's what we call understanding your viewer avatar. And this is kind of on that avatar of them becoming a customer is what you'd need to do. So that's two tips. Let me give you a third one. Once you're able to do that, I would look at, you know, what are similar people on YouTube doing? What are some of the popular videos that they released in the last, I'd say six months? Is there any videos that stand out? Why do they stand out? You know, Take your creator hat off and put your viewer hat on, see you know, what value they're actually bringing. I think that's a very, very big deal. And then mostly is uh, consistency. Finding a, a good rhythm and a consistent schedule will bring growth just based off of, hey, if I know I'm uploading a video once a month, you're doing it once a month. If you're doing it weekly, you're doing it weekly. Twice a month, twice a month, whatever it is, just be consistent in what you do. Very important. Consistency in all aspects of business and personal life is extremely important. Okay, so Daryl, let me ask you some more advice on the direction of the channel, how to position it. Let's say I want to position YouTube as top of the funnel for my membership site or my personal brand in this case. PJ wants to create his own YouTube channel. He understands business. He understands business operations, entrepreneurship, as well as video monetization. Where would you point me to create my personal channel on YouTube, considering I'm an expert in three or four different topics? Because I know YouTube, especially starting out, and this is related to a lot of our customers' channels as well, likes to have a direction, right? It doesn't want right. to be five different keywords or five different topics. So how would you advise me in that case with 
because you could say video monetization is super niche. You're not going to get much search, right? I could go a level above that and kind of go around all things video, but then I'm going into the territory of teaching you about YouTube and how to use TikTok for your business and all that stuff. But then we have all the business stuff as well. How would you direct me in picking the topic starting my channel? So it's very, fairly easy. I just want to know who your end user is. So the end user would be, I would assume, someone using video in business, right? Or they okay. want to use video in business. And the second thing is, is they want to make money at it, right? So, I mean, if they're making money, that's your audience. And so that's kind of top of the level. Okay, here's our understanding of who our, our customer could be. Well, let's define it even further. Right now, you resonate really, really, really well with some yoga people because they want to own their own platform, have their own stuff. So that would include fitness, right? You also resonate with other type of entertainment content creators that want their own you know, pay gate and system from there. Uh, you also resonate with people that put on conferences like I do that they're able to do that. And so you have all these little subcategories from there. And I would look at, you know, which one actually has the biggest opportunity. And I would start breaking that down. And I would look at what are some common questions that people are asking in that industry. And I would look at common frequently asked questions and I'd start Googling them and put a sheet down and see which one has a lot of blogs, which ones have a lot of videos. You know, I'd start doing a little recon and research in that. And then I'd also put down 20 to 30 of the most common questions that are in that niche, in that vertical. And then I would put down maybe 20 or 30 questions that they should ask, but they're not asking. And you basically have an outline of a channel right there, just based off of that content that you're able to put together. Now, I always like to take it a step further where it's like, okay, we're breaking it down. Let's just say for the yoga vertical like you could break it down like five ways to make money with your yoga class, your yoga profession, and you're breaking down all the alternatives and you're giving very specific examples. Now, I love case study. I love explaining why this works and the details of that. That just, it just sells very, very easy in a video because you're giving them value for what they're doing and giving them ideas that they didn't even know what to ask. They're probably professionals in their specific sphere, but when it comes to video, and making money with video, they're probably a little deficient in their knowledge. And that's why they're seeking you out. And once you have that, you know, you can break it down. Now, I don't want to go after 100% yoga. Your market size is not that big of people that are starting yoga channels. But it is like with lessons learned with video with business. Um, I, I look at what are the lessons learned? I know that you have Sarah Beth as one of your key yeah. case studies. Sarah Beth, I know quite well because I've consulted with her and she wanted to know where to do a lot of this stuff. And I know that it was because of what her goals, what she wanted and where she was going, it was going to go in a certain direction and to accomplish. And it's changed her life completely. But I can tell you not doing yoga, I've never done yoga in my life. Maybe a couple stretches or whatever. I don't even know what they're called, but I've learned more from Sarah of her teaching principles of business and marketing and video than I have in other industries because she's willing to share. And so if you're actually sharing their story of how they're able to utilize that, people can be inspired and it can be in a way where it's just not very specific for just yoga, but it's the business side of video. And anyone that does video can learn something from there. Like, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought about it, you know, following up in that sequence, or I never thought about using that type of service. I never thought about engaging in that type of way. That's what you want to go away with. And so I know this is a long answer to a very complicated question, but I would look at, yes, you can do that for yoga, 
but yet if you do it a little bit more broad and you use yoga as an example, but then you could use another vertical as another example, as long as you do it in a way that it appeals to both parties, you now have something that YouTube can latch onto is basically people that are interested in video and monetizing with video outside of the AdSense model. Perfect. And with that, uh, you explained that extremely well, Daryl. I like that. Thank you. How many videos a week should I be creating for this YouTube channel? Because once you start, if, especially starting out, it really is a lot of work to think of the topics, perfect the script, do the edit, thumbnails, all that stuff. What do you think is a good consistent model for YouTube? Does three a month work or one a week? I love that question. And I'm one that you got to figure out what's going to work for you. And every situation is different. There's people that are super gung-ho, but yet, is it sustainable more than a month or two of your excitement, right? What are you going to do long-term? If you remember what I said earlier, when I says where YouTube's going, what I would do before I would even do anything, any spend a lot of time on a channel which would be doing YouTube shorts. Like right now, they're really pushing that. There's not a lot of competition out there. Do vertical videos that are one minute. So if you give a one minute tip, I believe you're going to get more views and more visibility there than you are producing a 10 minute video. It's, it's hard. As you said, there's a lot of people out there. I don't even think we've actually hit saturation point. I still think that if you're familiar with the Rogers adoption curve, like I just barely think that we're getting mainstream now. I don't even think that we're even like, I still think that there's a lot of opportunity. And I know that a lot of people are saying, Oh, you're ridiculous. Cause like you're getting older adopters that are, are on that curve right now. I just don't think that we have from the creator side. I think that we've seen it on the viewer side, but not necessarily the adoption of creators coming in. And I think now Uh, We're seeing that more so in 2020, and I see in 2021, uh, more people using that medium to actually get their message out, whether they're an individual brand or business. Yeah, so I think the part of it works for you is really important because once that excitement goes away, to be consistent and use your resources properly is important. When you use YouTube shorts per se, which is pretty much YouTube's way of competing with TikTok, TikTok, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you still get subscribers to your main YouTube Absolutely. Channel? It's 100% easier to get a subscriber there. Okay, got it. Um, it really is, yeah. I don't even think I've properly checked out YouTube Shorts, so I'll definitely do that. Most, most people don't. It's just a new technology that's waved into it. We did a couple case studies with YouTube before they actually are bringing introducing it into the U.S. And so I got a lot of, lot of information there, but I think the big thing is – you don't have to create a new channel. You just need to use the hashtag in your description and also in the title. That doesn't guarantee you'll be picked up in the shorts algorithm, but it helps it a little bit to understand, oh, this is short form content. And then they look a little deeper. Oh yes, it's a video that's less than a minute uh, vertical video. So, but I would do it that way because then you can see what's resonating and what's getting people to subscribe. And then you can do a long form version of, hey, maybe five tips that you never even thought about when you're looking for this. And you're getting ideas from the YouTube shorts, which is really easy to produce and really easy to get out there. When you do the hashtag, do you do the hashtag of your potential channel name or a hashtag? No, hashtag shorts is what YouTube is recommending. Okay, got it. Got it. Hashtag shorts. Great. I love that. I think I'm going to give that a try and maybe you should blog post or YouTube video. But she has a case study at VidSummit. Look how how I blew up. Just (laughs) short form video. That's right. Nice. Daryl, tell us about that. VidSummit this year, you did the worldwide. If anyone hasn't heard our listeners on VidSummit, it's an awesome event that we've been honored to have 
participation in and be a sponsor for the last two years. Yeah, it was our second year. This year would be the third year, the global remote that we did, um, that you did. It's an awesome event, so much value. Everyone that shows up wants to share and teach, and you put so much work in making sure every speaker offers value. Yeah. And I love that, and we really enjoyed that. So tell us about the last few years and how that's morphed and expanded, because like last year's event, 2019, was awesome, lots of people. This year was your worldwide global event, which I really enjoyed watching online. And will you have, are you planning an in-person hybrid for the 2021? Uh, is my baby. I started it because there wasn't a conference out there for me and I wanted to learn. And so I basically selected people I want to learn from, invited them to be speakers. And that's what happened seven years ago. <laughs> and it's been going that way ever since. I just invite people I want to learn from and, and give them a, a platform where they can actually educate us. Because a lot of the people that you want to learn from, they don't necessarily, they're not YouTube educators. They're not video educators. They're actually people in the trenches. And I, that's where I get the most knowledge from is from those people that a lot of people don't even know who they are. We had some of the biggest names. Some of my partners are uh, space station uh, integrations where they do, uh, they have space station gaming, uh, Sean Duras and Sean Holiday. And then I have Mr. Beast. If you don't know who he is, just go look on YouTube and you'll be blown away. Those are my partners for it. I own the majority of VidSummit, kind of brought them on as strategic partners. And we really look at that in-person vibe. We love that a lot. There's some energy there that you can't get elsewhere. But I do want to say this, and I want everyone to hear on the podcast, there's challenges with conferences. And uh, we looked at a challenge as a challenge for what it is. It's an obstacle. We looked at a new way to create a digital conference. It's never been done the way that we've done it before. We went into 16 different uh, countries and had different locations. And we recorded basically on the same backdrop. We just kind of shipped it all over the world. And it, it felt like you were at the conference. And it was like in the same area, even though they were in different countries all over the world, from Thailand to Mexico to, you know, Holland to, you know, London uh, to the US. And it was great. And we brought it in. And we could not have pulled it off, PJ, without your tech. Um, there's just no way. And we were able to live stream different rooms at the same time. We had the pre-recorded, but we actually had it where we were live streaming it from Beast headquarters. And Mr. Beast and I and Sean Holiday were the MCs talking about, you know, what's happening in the next session and, you know, encouraging people to go. We did that for two days and it was phenomenal some of the best type of content that we've ever put out. I thought it raised the bar on what a digital conference could be. For 2021, we're in LA, if God will, it happens, uh, in May. And I know that there's still a lot of uncertainty in the world, but if it's just 10 people going, we're going to do it. If it's going to be, we'll do a digital conference as well if we need to. We always, we've always live streamed for the last seven years we've done it. So it'll be our eighth annual and we'll hit it there. And then we will also do a digital in, in October. So. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And I, I think the digital enables anyone who can't make it to view it. And then the yep. in person, you get that networking aspect, the community aspect, and it really brings the value of the conference. And I've really enjoyed being there and I appreciate you making screen a part of both the technology as well as a sponsor and being able to participate ourselves and learn. Well, you guys have been great partners though. I'll be honest with you. There's people that partner us and it's always take, take, take. And this actually feels like a true partnership where we both give and we both take and it just works for both of us. And I, I just really appreciate your company and what you've brought. You brought a, a sense of professionalism we couldn't get elsewhere. 
So love that, Daryl. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. You're stand up guy with a lot of knowledge and sharing that you do. And we really appreciate that. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show today here. Daryl, can you tell our audience where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at DarylEves.com, D-E-R-R-A-L-E-V-E-S.com. And I'm all over everywhere. I'm really excited though. I'm going to give you a sneak peek, but I got a book coming out. Nice. <laughs> Don't want to miss that. We'll, we'll do something special, maybe on a YouTube channel or something here shortly. But that's actually been in the works and it's an amazing book and I can't wait for you guys to, to read it because I'm putting all my secrets that I've helped generate over 60 billion video views on YouTube in that book. So I'm really excited to read it. I can't wait. When is it coming out? February 23rd. So we'll go on pre-order um, next week and uh, when it's on pre-order, then we'll just be kicking up the cells. So just Beautiful. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. And I'll definitely put a link for the book as well as your site in the description. Thank you very much, Daryl. It was a pleasure to speak with you again. Always an awesome talk. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And remember, you too can become a video entrepreneur with Uscreen, the leading video monetization platform. We take care of a whole lot. Video streaming, hosting, monetization, analytics, and anything else you need to succeed. You can even get your own apps on various OTT devices, including Apple TV, Roku, iOS, and many others. Be sure to visit www.uscreen.tv and click the free trial button for a 14-day free trial.